0: Today on Pottable, we're talking about the trade deadline, the Celtics doing nothing, and where they stand
1: as the teams in the East are trying to get better. That was pretty quick. I, I, I respect your succinctness there. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Succinct. Succinct? Succinct. Succinct? Yeah, whatever. however they say it. <laughs> Put that in the pot, it and smelt. It's just all still recording. Put so. that in the pot and smoke, it, it smelt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I really hope all this stays uh, in. Yeah, me too.
0: You are now tuned into Anything Potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the second free episode of the week, as we will be doing for the rest of time. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined by Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, The Kid. The legend, the god, the guy who is driving back right now from a men's league game where he presumably got buckets. J King, uh,
1: first off, importantly, uh, how was the game? We got a dub. That that's that's all we'll mention on the on the podcast. We got a dub. All right. So it sounds like you did not have a great
0: uh, individual performance, but Packard, that's not what we're,
1: Packard. we got a win. You're all about impacting
0: it. winning. That's that's what you're about.
1: I've always been against
0: stat lines and about winning. That I find that uh, very hard to believe. Well, enough about you, J. King. We always talk about you too much. We're here to talk about the trade deadline, and specifically the Boston Celtics standing pat, doing nothing. Uh, a lot of – a decent amount of deals. Um, we'll talk about kind of what the the Celtics did, what they were looking for, why they didn't uh, give away two first-round draft picks for davis Bertans, And then uh, it seems like the Miami Heat were the team in the East that got uh, – did the most and kind of did uh, added to their team. So we'll talk about uh, if they are now kind of a bigger threat in the Eastern Conference and what impact that has on the Eastern Conference race. But first, Jay, your impressions of the Celtics not really doing anything.
1: Um, there was no deal to be had. Yeah, there hasn't been a deadline deal for the Celtics since Isaiah Thomas and Gigi Datomi and, and Jonas-, God. Jonas Jurepko. So it's been a little while. And I thought this time, Danny Ainge, he went out looking for bench help, and obviously, like because of salary situations, because of the potential targets out there, the Celtics were never really going to touch their core, and by core I mean their their top five players including Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. Oh, thank you for naming
0: those five players, though. That was helpful.
1: I mean, Daniel Tyson's been really good. Just wanted wanted to tell everyone that I wasn't including him in there. Um, But, yeah, like, the Celtics, they could have used another bench piece. They could have used more outside shooting on the bench. They could have used somebody to be, like, their eighth or ninth man come playoff time but they decided not to use any of their three first-round picks that they have next year. They decided not to make any moves, and they just didn't find what they felt was good value for them. I, I, I'm not surprised. Like Danny Ainge has many times over kept the same team through the trade deadline. Last five years now, he's done that. I, I think... It's fair to wonder if he should have tried more to upgrade the Celtics bench and used one or two of those first-round picks to try to get a difference maker. But when you really look at the playoff rotation, the Celtics' five best players are going to play about 35 minutes per game each. Daniel Tice and whatever other centers, they're going to split close to 48 minutes per game. And that leaves like 15 to 20 minutes per game left. And for so for grant wanamaker or
0: Shemie, or like plug and play and yeah so so pertons is better than like Shemie. like we can give him that but it's like is it worth giving up two first round picks for him because that's really like the only deal that the celtics were somewhat connected to i don't even know if they were really connected to um because trade deadline reports kind of get crazy but like that's the only thing i can i've seen celtics fans like complaining about
1: yeah and and That would have been a really steep price for somebody who could have been a rental and somebody who would have been at least moderately expensive moving forward. And I think one thing the Celtics do have to keep in mind is their core is going to grow super expensive. And so if if they did add a guy like Bertans and they had to pay him long-term to keep him around, like that would have added to ultimate luxury tax payments and could have been it would have been an expensive whether he left or stayed it would have been an expensive addition not just with the picks but with the contract and with years down the road luxury tax and all that so i'm not surprised they didn't there could come a time in the playoffs when they wished that they would have been more aggressive on this market especially knowing that you know they don't have a lot of room for three first round draft picks next year And so I I think that's the one thing you can really question age about is whether he should have been more aggressive with those picks, knowing that like, they just don't have a lot of roster room for them. Yeah. But
0: you can move those picks also uh, in a deal before the draft. You can move them at the draft. You can do draft and stash. I don't think they necessarily needed to move the picks. I think like it, when it's trade season fans get really like excited just about like, cause, like they, the more proactive your team are like is the more like you think they're going out and doing something. But I think danger card had like uh, some, a series of tweets on this that I really uh, thought nailed the situation is the Celtics biggest flaw is that they don't have like a top five guy. And so they're going to not going to be really able to compete uh, at the high end it's presumably in the playoffs. And like, that's a big issue. Um, but their biggest strength is that they have five guys who are in like the top, 50 or 60 or wherever you rank, I guess, Marcus Smart as the fifth guy. And it's pretty much entirely dependent on their health. Like, like a trade at this point would entirely just to kind of, like you said, bolster, like, a, maybe, what, a, a rotation here? Like, a, a, a six-minute stretch here or there in a playoff series? I'm sure I guess that can be important, but if you're entirely dependent on that kind of ninth guy on your rotation to kind of win you a series – you're not winning the NBA Finals. Like, that's not going to be the thing that pushes you over the edge. They're going to have to get by on their top, like, five guys being just very, very solid. And I just don't think, like, the marginal impact of adding that one guy is that important. And if you're making an argument like, oh, it's going to be important for regular season because they need to get, like, seeding, if seeding's that important, then, again, I don't think, like, that's necessarily the strongest case for making the Finals. So I don't think, like, I completely understand not kind of just going all in for this year I think the hope is you compete as much as you can this year and but if you're looking at like a championship window you basically you go as far as Jason Tatum's stardom is is going to take you I don't think he's there this year but he's only in his third year um but I think it's uh yeah it just doesn't it never like no deal really made sense and there's no one traded uh today that was like oh the Celtics really missed out on him like Capella got traded. We talked about him last time. It didn't make sense for I for the Celtics to really go after him. There was no one like, oh, they could have been had uh, that got moved that thought the Celtics really should have gone after.
1: Yeah, it was and I, I I do think like like yes, the Celtics like their their limitations as far as outside shooting go will be mitigated if they're fully healthy in the playoffs and they're using a playoff rotation. And Brad Stevens has said he wants to use three of his top five guys all the time. So, even bench units would have, like, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Like, whoever you put on the court, there's going to be pretty good shooting in that unit, right? So, it was probably less of a need than it's looked like at some times during the regular season. I do think, like, if they could have somehow gotten a Bertans or, like, like a game-changing shooter, that would have that would have made an impact. But but it's tough to find game-changing shooters on those the guys market. were not those guys were not traded today. It's, it's, especially it's not- when when like you're in no position to trade any core players. And like you said, those guys weren't traded today. The uh, one thing I, I think we sh- should talk about is that some of the East did make moves. Um, Philadelphia went out and got Alec Burks. And Glenn Robinson III. Ooh, big boots. Miami, Miami, Miami went out and got Iguodala and Jay Crowder, and the Raptors and Bucks just kind of stayed stayed silent. Did you think that anyone in the East like dramatically changed their fortunes or their chances in the in the playoffs with the moves that they made?
0: I mean I I like like the idea of the Heat adding Iguodala but I don't know exactly what Iguodala is. I, I presumably at his age and like him having not played this year he'll be I guess fresher for the playoffs and just having like a veteran presence like that with championship Yeah, experience,
1: but if, I think it's helpful. Guys don't always get fresh when they're out for a while. Guys sometimes just get washed. It could very much happen with Iguodala and like
0: we saw when the Celtics went down to play the Heat like the Heat's problem it felt like they were
1: Kind yeah. of lost
0: on offense. It didn't seem like
1: they were. No, see, see that. That's where I think you're wrong. I think, I think the Heat saw that their roster, that they were starting or relying on key minutes from Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and those guys were just going to be defensive liabilities at the highest level of basketball. And okay, but Dun- it, they, they can shoot the lights out of the ball. Jay Crowder, as a, much agree, as I'm a fan of Jay agree, Crowder, he can't shoot. Agreed. Agreed. But like we saw at the end of the Celtics heat game and the Celtics were shorthanded in that game, but they still were just hunting Duncan Robinson and Hayward was scoring and and other guys were scoring. And like they were very open about their (laughs) belief, like in the way that they played, they were very open that they considered him a defensive liability. Obviously, he's not that way on the offensive end. And obviously, with Iguodala and Crowder when those guys play minutes, they'll have different issues. But I do think that they've played a lot of, of zone defense this year because they haven't thought they could match up. Like, they needed a defensive upgrade on the wing. And I, I think that that's why they went out and got Iguodala, and that's why they went out and got Crowder. And I think that's why it could make a difference if if both of those guys are are good. And obviously, Iguodala's been out a while, and Crowder hasn't really shot well since he was with the Celtics, which was a while ago um so it'll just but I, I do think like they had to try to upgrade defensively to have a chance in the playoffs no i and definitely think i think, think, they I think upgraded it was worth that risk yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't and give they, up much. and they dropped and they dropped salary and i i think winslow i love i love winslow as a You're player a huge winslow if, guy i think he's stay healthy day. but he hasn't stayed healthy at all like, he's a, he's a tough wing who can, like, handle and pass and do a lot of different things and guard a lot of different positions, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I understand why they were willing to move on from him. The but interesting
0: I, thing is the cap space because um, Gordon Hayward, as we talked about last podcast, yeah. potentially a free agent. The other place he took a meeting um, was Miami. They put up all those uh, billboards of him. Like, they do open up some cap space, yeah, I know it's not going to be many free agents. It's not a great free agent class, but Pat Riley's always looking for stars, and so I thought it was an interesting move. They gave up James Johnson and uh, your boy Dion Waiters, um, who the Grizzlies are going to waive. So apparently, so buyout market perhaps.
1: Buyout Dion, love it. <laughs> um, I, I think that yeah, I, I mean Miami is lining up as a possible Hayward suitor, and. Like you said, he he took a meeting with them. I do wonder if if his personality would clash with Jimmy Butler's. Like, <laughs> Jimmy Butler just seems like a tough dude to play with. At times, I don't know if if Hayward would want to play with <laughs> a human like that. Or would like just fit well with him off the basketball court. But obviously, like looking projecting forward, like the Heat are definitely one of the teams that could have calf space and could interest Hayward. Because I think a lot of the other teams that could have calf space, like they're young and rebuilding and Hayward would have to give up. And And so Hayward would have to give up a chance to contend. Whereas the heat, I think like he could go to Miami and he would probably be higher in the pecking order than he is in Boston. And he could still be on a, a good to great team. So that that is definitely something to to monitor moving forward. Obviously, there's a lot left to decide about his future with the whether he opts into the final year of his deal, whether he tests free agency, whether he stays with the Celtics, whatever. Like he's got a lot of decisions to make. There's a lot of time before the Heat can even line up to to pursue him in free agency, but they do look like a, a team that could make sense for him if he does decide to look into options outside of Boston.
0: All right, let's focus on this year. The Heat, obviously, uh, I feel like the in terms of the top five teams in the West, I mean in the East, um, are the ones that got the uh, kind of improved the most or improved their roster the most at the deadline. Uh, does this make them, put them ahead of the Celtics? Uh, does this put them on a tier with the Raptors, who – the Raptors have just casually won twelve straight games, um, which is kind of insane. It's also insane that they're only like a game and a half of, up on the Celtics. Actually, after winning twelve straight
1: games, casually won eight out of nine.
0: Yeah, both teams like so. A lot of these teams uh, are playing well, especially the Raptors and Celtics. They Heat make this move? Like, Sixers are, are struggle city, and the Pacers are kind of yeah. uh, also in there. Where do you kind of handicap the race? Um, Heading into the All Star break, well, who do you think is the? See, so, I'm gonna ask you to like make a prediction, but you're not gonna do it. You never do. You never like be like, man, the Celtics are like definitely the second seed. You're gonna just like describe the virtues of each team and say, yeah, it's
1: gonna be close. I know your moves, shaking. King. Yeah, I'm gonna describe the virtues of each team. So the the Heat, I think they were below the Celtics and Raptors coming into the deadline. I think they gave themselves a chance to solidify their team but i think they also still have a lot of questions what type of shape is andre guadal in can he help a team like he used to help golden state is he ready to do that after taking so much time off and going on his promotional tour yeah has he
0: been practicing like is he in game shape at all
1: yeah and those are real questions and then jay crowder like obviously he's a a helpful player. He's been a helpful player on a lot of different teams.
0: I mean, Jimmy Butler both went to Marquette, so played together. That then. is
1: true. But it's like the same junior college, his, his shooting can can hurt a team. And and the Heat, like with Jimmy Butler, you kind of need shooting around him. And if if it's Jimmy Butler with Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder still shooting twenty nine. Yeah, what, what is there? What's
0: the Heat's like final five?
1: That that's a good question. I think Eric Spolster is going to have offense defense decisions at all honestly,
0: times. It's basically just put in the white boys to shoot and then um, bring them out because they're so bad at defense.
1: <laughs> yeah, like if he could take time out in between every possession, they'd be incredible. But uh, I think he he's, he's going to have some questions about that roster the rest of the year. And honestly, I don't I don't know how much difference that made for them. We won't know until we see Andre Iguodala on the court. I think Crowder was at least a solid addition. Better if he starts shooting the basketball well again. And, uh, but I don't think that like totally moved the needle for them. I still don't know if they have enough top end talent to to beat the teams at the top of the East. I would still put them fourth, Packard. Ooh, as, actually coming in a with a number. number. And then I think Bucks are number one. Obviously. Celtics and Raptors in the, uh, the second tier at 2-3. They've just both kicked ass all, all season, even though they haven't been healthy. They've been like two of the most unhealthy teams all season and just still beating teams and on pace for close to 60 wins. So I think they're the clear two and three. I think the Sixers, I don't think Alec Burks, like there was a lot of talk on Twitter about how Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson addressed it issues for them their issues are in the starting five their, their issues, issues are, are in the locker room their issues are i don't think it's a lot i don't know if it's a locker room, but ben simmons came out and called them soft apparently
0: josh richardson had to like lead a players only meeting to kind of talk about how they're not holding each other accountable they're they're the their last year's celtics all over again and is it al horford's fault who knows I just look at that correlation. <laughs> I'm a data professional. Where he goes, the locker room problems seem
1: to go. Are his eyes too beautiful that everyone else gets <laughs> Exactly. People are upset. So, yeah, I, I think, like, I don't see those two guys moving the needle for that team. If, if that team figures it out, it will be because the best players on that team learned how to play together with Al Horford and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Joshua, like they just have fit issues everywhere among their best players so that the complimentary players like it's, it's, it's neat that they picked up a couple that could help on the fringes, but unless they figure out with their best players, how to coexist, I don't think any of that matters. It was a weird trade deadline in that like a lot of teams had action. And I felt like, there weren't many contenders that, like, made a difference one way or the other. The All of the Woj made... updates
0: were just, like, the most bullshit second-round pick deals that were just, like, that doesn't do anything. But it was just, like, oh, people are excited. But it's, like, I don't care that Jordan McCray got traded. Like, why? Like, there's so many just little nonsense deals for, like, people try to get under the tax. It's just, like, no one really of substance got moved except for your man, Mook.
1: Yeah, he, he's,
0: like, the one... Oh, wow. and Andre Drummond. Like, those are the two deals that, like, actually... Uh, is, is, he, is Drummond even
1: of substance? We've, his contract we've, is. We've we talk- finally found out his value, which was basically zero. Like, the the Pistons got almost nothing for giving him up. Just the the gift that they won't have to pay him next season. So...
0: Should the Celtics have taken a, a, a waiver on him and like
1: just not paid
0: him if, if the Everybody price was that low? Everybody who's in
1: my Twitter mention saying that the Celtics should have traded Gordon Hayward for Andre Drummond should <laughs> should be blocked from Twitter forever, banned from Twitter, just just punt them out of there. Every single one of them.
0: Yeah, that was uh, surprising, and like I don't, I guess the Cavs are trying to uh, pair him with the Sex Land over there, um, but. Uh, who knows that's that was an odd deal like do you think i think the only other deal is mook going to the clippers i mean he's gonna he's gonna get buckets i think it improves the clippers but i don't know if they needed to do that but yeah, yeah sure I hopefully mean, the, gets a ring. the Bucks
1: stood pat the lakers stood pat the jazz stood pat the nuggets made the one like capella move but didn't do much like there really wasn't a lot of activity kid, whack among trading the best deadline. Teams. Whack trading deadline. I'll say it. Yeah, it wasn't it, it was whack because there was there was like some surprise. The D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins trade. I don't know if anyone won that trade, but I that one, forgot about one. That one's the biggest. That's the biggest trade yeah. of, the, of the day. Even though that was rumored for months, it still surprised me.
0: I mean, maybe it will get the Timberwolves to finally win a game. Um, But if Andrew Wiggins didn't like playing with Jimmy Butler, how the hell is he going to survive Draymond Green? Like, I get the culture of winning and things like that. And, like, yeah, Andrew Wiggins as a third option is probably the best situation for him. But, like, it feels like Wiggins' problem was always uh, effort and trying on defense. And it feels like with Draymond, that's not going to work. And then he had, like, Wiggins had his little mini resurgence this year when they let him play point guard. Well, when Steph Curry's on the court, he's just not going to have the ball in his hands like that. He's going to have to do, like, the motion kind of read-and-react style offense. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe, like, the Wolves' 2021 pick might be not great, and so maybe that'll be the biggest piece move. But it was a kind of a wild – that was the wildest deal. Like, I forgot about that. one. Right? I retract my saying that it was whack. It was uh, – it
1: was mid. It was It was kind of whack. It was kind of <laughs> whack. Like, this trade deadline didn't even have – like the the people. There was no disgruntled get, star. Like was it no, wasn't even and there was no like not even a nemanja belitsa trade. Not even a not even a like like the role players that you thought might get traded, like even those guys mostly stayed pat. It was it was a, a kind of a weird trade deadline.
0: Oh absolutely. Here's the question. For like Derrick
1: Rose didn't get traded. Was he right? he get
0: traded? traded? I mean, I guess, the yeah, it doesn't make sense if the Pistons are just, like, punting on this year. Why not give up Derrick Rose? But the question for you is, if it was such a bad trade deadline, does that mean we're going to have a very spicy buyout market? Is Marvin Williams the type of guy who moves the needle for
1: you? I mean, if, if he did get bought out, yeah, I've, I think he would make sense for the Celtics. Uh, there are a few other guys, like Nene could make sense. Right, just yeah. a big bulky dude. Yes
0: so. It's just the Embiid stopper, or just the Embiid Fowler.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Nene has a lot left, but he's a rugged, big old veteran who knows the tricks of the trade. I and would like Nene
0: a lot more if he went by Hilario and put that on the back of his jersey. But that's just it, me.
1: When he first came in the league, he
0: was like Nene Mabner Hilario. Yeah, and that like Hilario is a strong. And then league. he just became Nene. Well, it's the Brazilian thing that it's like how they use their names, so like Pele or you know. I mean, but Leandro Barbosa is Leandro Barbosa. I mean, that's Marcella fair. Marcela he- Huertas was Marcela Huertas. Let's see what other Brazilian
1: basketball players you can name. I mean, Anderson I was Anderson Varejao. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me don't let me keep going. Don't let me get hot. But, <laughs> I would love to hear you keep going. <laughs> Yeah, you've I, exhausted I, I, your list. Oscar Schmidt. Oscar Schmidt. I just made that person up. No, he's a hall of famer. Look it up. <laughs> In what Look era. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of a lot of other Brazilian basketball players go. Felicio, by both teams. Bruno got
0: traded today. How can we forget about Bruno?
1: Bruno Caboclo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: but is there anyone else on the trade? Like. I think the other name that comes up is Tristan Thompson, but I've heard a bunch of reports that are just like he's not getting bought out.
1: But um, yeah, our our very own David Aldridge reported that he's not going to get bought out. So
0: that's D A. He's official.
1: I he's wouldn't official. get too excited about that if I were a Celtics fan. The uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they could still use some shooting, but the bio market, honestly, like there, it's very rare that a buyout guy actually helps a team. P.J. Brown uh, disagrees. P.J. Brown wasn't a buyout. Actually, he was semi-retired. Oh, he's, tri- oh, he's retired. That's he he, he he wasn't playing anywhere, and the Celtics like called him out of nowhere. Ooh. So, so you take that back?
0: I, I it's retracted. I want to be honest for the record. All right, well, we're I think we're done with the trade deadline.
1: Done with the buyout market. I hope I'm down. right about that. I'm almost positive I'm right about that. That sounds right. Before you say
0: it, myself. it does feel like he was – I think he was retired. But um, last thing I want to talk about is uh, the Celtics are insanely hurt right now. And their injury report had, actually came out uh, from Celtics PR on two two waves. Two waves. They had to go two of two. Um, now, Celtics have not been healthy all year. Um, and a lot of the guys are questionable or probable, so I don't think it's like something of concern. But it was something to note. Like, wow, it was pretty much everyone except for Tatum and Grant.
1: Yeah, and I think Robert Williams is like the only longer-term issue right now. Didn't Brad um, say he's
0: gonna likely return after the All-Star game? So it's like three more games missed from him.
1: Yeah, but that's—I mean—that's still a couple weeks, so. And he he's been out since December so we'll, we'll go with longer term on that one although he, he may not miss much longer and then yeah every everyone else is like pretty close to day to day but the Gordon Hayward thing is is his sore foot came back so that's that's not great that he's still dealing with that uh, but this is this has been a, a, a stretch where the Celtics have just had a lot of games. They haven't had more than one day off in between games been like a month and a half it was an insane to january and like hasn't slowed up that much yeah so so it makes sense that that guys are sitting and they're being cautious with guys great time for the all-star break actually yeah it is a good time for the all-star break for them but they honestly like they've been they've been very good lately no matter who they've been missing so i i think i mean the more i watch the celtics the more i just Think that their their wings are just matchup problems for teams, man. Like they're just really, really matchup problems. There aren't a lot of teams that can guard three, six, seven dudes who can put it on the floor or shoot or run pick and rolls. Like
0: they they can beat a small team and they can beat a. And then
1: and then when you have to deal with Kemba on top of all those guys, it's like okay, they have a lot of firepower, and that's how they're built. That's how they're gonna stay built because the trade deadline passed, and they did not get any bench help, and they are going to rely on those five guys to score the vast majority of their points in the playoffs. And those guys are going to have to be really, really good for them to have a chance to come out of the East and contend for a championship.
0: Was this Is this your attempt trying to wrap up the podcast?
1: If if, this if you deem to just, it like,
0: that way, if you no, think no, this that's... is a perfect wrap, I
1: didn't I didn't think that. it was
0: perfect. I was just wondering.
1: I mean, uh, beyond perfect is how I would put it. <laughs> I got one more question for you.
0: Okay. And then I'll let you go because clearly you're, you're dying to get out of here.
1: I wasn't I'm... dying to get out of here. I, I was just just being a little dramatic with my answer.
0: Well, I thought you were like really – it was like the fifth paragraph in a five-paragraph essay. You were repeating your points. You were summarizing everything. I thought it was, well, what is this basketball movie with Ben Affleck in it? Sorry, that, uh, that's a tangent. Um, I missed the Orlando Magic game because uh, I was traveling due to business. Uh, what did I miss? Anything? Nope. Anything of note happened?
1: Jason Tatum put on a shot-making display. Gordon Hayward hit—I don't know how many—like those little six-foot turnaround things. Two-point bunnies. Yep. Two-point daddy. The two-point daddy was at it again. Jalen Brown was also very good, and those guys just kind of. Dominated the Magic when they needed to. Grant Williams hit three threes. Vincent Poirier played some minutes. Were they good minutes or Vinny minutes? They were minutes. All right. <laughs> Ennis Cantor got some does, buckets.
0: Does Ennis Cantor look any less hobbled running up and down the court?
1: Uh, maybe very, very slightly less hobbled, but he does, he's not the smoothest runner to begin with.
0: No, oh, he's got a real ugly gait, and, um, but... That one, that one day of practice, he was just—it was awful, and the
1: game—it was abominable, abominable.
0: All right, I feel like you gave me a pretty, uh, a solid rundown of what happened in the magic game. I feel caught up.
1: Yeah, yeah, you should go watch Tatum's highlights if you hadn't. Two-way highlights, blocks, steals, Ooh, both ways, jumpers, finishes—he did it all. Sounds,
0: sounds delightful. Jay, thank you for, you know, joining directly after the men's league game where you did not score any points where your team got the W. Uh, it's been, uh, super, super informative. That has been another, the second free episode of the week of anything is potable. If you enjoy, uh, the discussions between me and Jay, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us, give us five stars, tell your friend, uh, Tell your, tell your enemy. Uh, you know, tell
1: your friend that. to tell a friend.
0: Yeah, get a whole network going. Start a Facebook group if those things are still. It's helpful to us. It helps us keep growing. Um, and we just want to put out the best show for you. That's why we're two days a week free for the listener gods. Uh, and so we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to this episode of Anything is Possible!